It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll introduce my guest shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I did a Facebook video recently about operating from a space of wanting versus needing. When we think we need something, it creates a very selfish energy to the point that it becomes almost impossible to think about anyone but yourself. Imagine two needy people in the same room. They both need something, but neither is equipped to think about the other person, and it creates a very unhealthy energy. However, if you are operating from want, then two people in the same room are more than willing to collaborate and help each other. Now you can operate from a helpful place, and it is so much more pleasant to be around. In its simplest form, it's really an abundance mindset versus a poverty mindset. When you believe the universe to be abundant, you will experience more gratitude and positive energy. And I would encourage you to think about this the next time you are experiencing inner tension and to be self-aware of what might be going on. Ask yourself if you are operating from want or need. Recognizing the issue is always the first step. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest, but before I forget, let me tell you that you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free, even leave a review. That would mean a lot. My guest this week, and I am so excited. I've been waiting for this for weeks. My guest this week is Kevin Harrington. Let me tell you about him. Kevin Harrington has been a successful entrepreneur for over over the last 40 years. He is an original shark from the ABC hit Emmy-winning TV show Shark Tank. He's also the inventor of the infomercial as seen on TV Pioneer, co-founder of the Electronic Retailers Association, and co-founder of the Entrepreneurs Organization. Kevin has launched over 20 businesses that have grown to over $100 million in sales each. He's been involved in more than a dozen public companies and has launched over 500 products, generating more than $5 billion in sales worldwide with iconic brands and Celebrities such as Jack LaLanne, Tony Little, George Foreman, and the new iGrow hair restoration product on QVC. His success led Mark Burnett to handpick Kevin to become an original shark on Shark Tank, where he filmed over 175 segments. Kevin speaks all over the world. He's often featured in media outlets such as Wall Street Journal, New York Times, USA Today, CNBC, Forbes, and so many more. He's the author of the bestseller, Key Person of Influence, as well as his most recent book, Put a Shark in Your Tank, which I've read, and it is fantastic. Get it. He is also the co-founder of Entrepreneurs Organization, which has grown to 45 countries and thousands of members generate over $500 billion in member sales. We will talk about all of this and so much more on today's show. And here is my very special guest, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, how are you today? Hey, thanks, Brian. I'm fantastic. The, the long-winded intro, but um, thank you for all that. That was good. You, you're <laughs> welcome. And you know what? It was about three miles longer than that. <laughs> you are very accomplished, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's talk about your backstory, because this didn't all just happen to you, and it didn't get handed to you on a plate for sure. Tell us about your, your background and maybe some of the things you overcame and where you, where you came from, how you got to where you are. So I I was very lucky, um, you know, to 
start out in a in a family. First of all, I was one of six kids, Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, I had a father who was very entrepreneurial. He owned restaurants, nightclubs, steakhouses, Irish pubs. You know, I started when I was 11 years old working under his umbrella, and he would always teach me, you know, the entrepreneurial aspects. And I hate to to get into it, but like how people were stealing from from him, from the the busboys to the chefs to the bartenders and 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 even the guy delivering beer uh, would would bring in full kegs of beer. Like, yes, there's two full ones you're paying for. But then he would take two empties out and occasionally he'd take a full one back out. You didn't know it. Right. So I'm like, wow, my father showed me some amazing things. But uh, so that's was lucky for me to start with sort of my mentor being my father. And I knew I, was, I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I started I started a business when I was in high school. That was a driveway ceiling business. And I started a business when I was in college. It was a heating and air conditioning company. Then I decided I, I wanted to exercise what I call my curiosity phase of life. And I was a business broker. And when you think about it, it, like people say, well, what, what, what's a business broker? I said, well, instead of it being just real estate, we, we did sell real estate, but we sold the business, the pizza parlor, the restaurant, the delicatessen, the laundromat, the flower shop. And so I had the books and records of hundreds of businesses, small businesses that we, you know, we had their records, we had their leases, we saw what percentages they were operating, you know, food costs and employment agreements and all this stuff for hundreds of different companies. So you talk about curiosity and learning. I really had an amazing journey of learning during that phase of my life. And so um, that set me up to to be a a infomercial guy. And I can tell you that story too, but just wanted to first answer, you know, where I came from. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you had a whole library of, of material in front of you to learn how the, the financial end of a business works. How, how valuable was that to you? It was amazing. Um, I would see someone build an amazing business and I would get to see why they were running, where they were running their ads. What did the ads say? How did they take company got business away, customers away from their competitors? Then I would also see someone buy a business and run it into the ground. Um, and and come back a year later with half the sales. And I'd look at the books and records and say, well, let's see. You, you last Before we sold you the business, there was a $60,000 advertising budget. Now you've owned this a year. There's no advertising expense this past year. Oh, I cut the advertising out because I didn't want that expense anymore. And well, guess what? You just ran the company into the ground out of business because advertising is an investment in getting customers in the door. So people just did crazy things. They shouldn't have owned businesses. You know, they had the money to buy them, but they also ran them into the ground. And then we had to try to sell it for them then. So this was, I had an amazing number of years, almost 10 years of my life handling business sales and, and, and understanding the inner workings of every kind of small business you can think of. Absolutely. And I see all the time people that are really good at a certain skill. And so they think, oh, well, I can run a business around this. Well, owning a business requires a completely different skill set, which I think a lot of people don't really think about. They just want to be their own boss. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. So let me ask you, and of course, you can go any direction on this, but what do you think 
makes a great business person? What skill set is absolutely essential uh, to make a successful business run? Well, let's put it this way. You got to, first of all, you got to have passion, right? Yeah. Um, I saw too many people, they would come in, they used to work, you know, let's say they were a nine to fiver at a bank and they've saved up enough money and they think they want to, they want to own their own business now. They're tired of that banking business and, and working for somebody, but they get in and they, so they open a bar or they open a delicatessen and they don't realize, first of all, they, did they really want to, did they have the passion to, you know, run their own business? Did they, did they understand they're not going to be a nine to fiver anymore? It's going to be maybe 60, 70, 80 hours a week, you know, right, but right. they could make double, triple, quadruple their income, you know? So I think, you know, too many people like a, a, a doctor would come along and say, I want to buy my wife a business. And I'd be looking at the two of them and I'd be thinking, but she really doesn't want to be running that business. Okay. And so, but he would buy it for her and a year later, come back and say, well, she just didn't like it and this and that. I said, there was no passion there. There was no fire to own your own business. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see somebody also that's willing to delegate a little bit. And, you know, in the world of entrepreneurship today, you can't have all the skills. You can't be, you can't be the, the chief uh, cook and, and have all the great ideas and be the passionate guy, but then be the operations person, the finance person, the digital person. The you know, it's it, you need to have experts and be able to surround yourself with experts. So I like to say you need to be able to understand what your strengths are and get the right people in to help you where you don't have those strengths. So yeah. so you know that's an important second step. Absolutely. And I find that sometimes when entrepreneurs want to do everything themselves because they are solopreneurs, trust, I think, also becomes very important. You know, how do you know who to trust? How do you know if someone will follow through on what they say they're going to do? Uh, how do you decide whether to source something out or how do you know who to find someone you can trust? Yeah, I mean, look, I look for as many uh, kind of referrals as possible. I want to know, you know, I, you know, when, when I'm I, I call uh, one of the things I say that entrepreneurs need to do is surround themselves with a dream team. Yeah. And so um, so because, y y you know, when when I was going through building a business, I had some issues. I needed financing and I didn't know how to go talk to banks. And I went to five banks. I had a great business. We were doing 50 million a year in sales, making five million a year in profit. And. I went to talk to the banks and they and I got turned down by all of them. And so when I went and found a guy that used to be a bank president who said, Kevin, let me mentor you. Let me coach you. Let me help you. And he said, it is they, they don't want to know about what you did just just last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's important. But they want to know about your five year plan or your three year plan because they, they're investing in you. They want to know that they're going to get paid back. So yeah, they yeah. Want to know that you're willing to put some gray hairs on your board of directors like myself. And so when, when we then went back in with a dream team, we had a good legal guy. We had a great CFO. I had this gentleman who was part of my finance group, and he actually then ended up becoming COO of the company um, as, a, as, as head of operations and finance and having some people reporting into him. Um, we, I, I then was able to trust this group, you know? And so if somebody came in to pitch us something in the world of 
finance or some new software or something, I could rely on my experts to help me, right? So this was a very important step for me. Absolutely. So you said that you were generating $50 million a year in this business and you were making a $5 million profit. How does something like that not get approved for a loan? Were you, were you focusing too much on your past? Were you not focused enough on the future? Well, we, so we had no physical assets other than inventory. So we, we were selling products on TV. So I was, what I was looking for was a line of credit from the bank to be able to buy, you know, Ginsu knives and, and Jack LaLanne juicers and Tony little gazelles. Right. So, um, I go into the bank and they said, well, do you have any real estate? Do you have, do you have a, you know, do you have uh, any letters, you know, any, uh, any uh, certificates of deposit here at the bank? Okay. So, you know, they wanted, I needed, I was looking for a $3 million line of credit and they basically wanted it secured in some fashion, but the inventory wasn't good enough to secure. So they weren't taking enough of me as a going concern because they said, you know, we don't like to take a lot of risk. How do we know you're going to be around a couple of years from now? Well, once we went back in with the dream team, we were actually able to bring this home and convince them that we were worthy of the investment. And we did close this deal then. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's important and all in the presentation. And that's that was the difference. Awesome. We are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Kevin Harrington. He was one of the original sharks on Shark Tank, and we will discuss Shark Tank and so much more coming up in the next segment. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. Look forward to having you stay with us for the entire show because this is absolutely amazing. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the sleep band. The sleep band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the sleep band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your sleep band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. 
And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Kevin Harrington. He is one of the original sharks from Shark Tank. And that is one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why a lot of us know who he is. Also, he was the inventor of the infomercial. We'll talk about that later. But let's talk about Shark Tank. That is one of my favorite television shows of all time. And I have to ask you, Kevin, whenever someone comes to me and says they've been on a TV show or they've connected with certain people or whatever the case is, I always like to ask, how did this come to you? I mean, there had not been a show like this on television before. So when Mark Burnett approached you, was it a no-brainer? Did you have to wonder, gosh, I wonder if this concept will work? What was your process like, or was it just an immediate yes? So, yeah, it, it was actually kind of a funny story. I got I got the phone call, and I was all excited because I was on the phone with Mark Burnett. And I'm, I'm like, you know, Mark's like, Kevin, I'm doing this new show. And I said, and I said, is this really Mark Burnett? He said, I said, you know, you do all those famous TV shows, you know, The Apprentice and Survivor, et cetera. And he, so he asked me, Kevin, he said, um, I, I, I'd love to talk to you. I got a new show coming up. And so I, I got off the phone and he wouldn't tell me much about it. And, it, and so I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to go to L.A., meet Mark Burnett. And she said, oh, yeah, wow, I know Mark Burnett. And she said, so what, what's the deal? I said, he wouldn't tell me anything about the show, but it's, it's called Shark Tank. And so she said, Kevin, she said, I can't believe that you'd be interested in that. She said, I've watched that Survivor Island show. Do you know what he does to those people on the island? He says, <laughs> how can you be on something called Shark Tank? So I was like, you're, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. You're right. What is this? Is this a business show? So I actually called back like, hey, look. Tell me a little bit more about this. Well, it, yes, it's a business show. They're going to take pitches. I mean, when you think about it, Brian, when the show first came out, um, nobody knew. I mean, I was taping the show. Nobody had ever heard of it. It had never aired before. We had to tape it before it was on television. And we didn't even have distribution. So I was investing in deals that I didn't know if they were ever gonna, even going to see television. So it was a risky proposition for me. But I said to Mark when I first met him, I said, I've been a shark for 25 years. And he said, what do you mean? I said, Mark, I go to trade shows. I take pitches. I've taken thousands of pitches. I am a shark. I This is what I do. Exactly what this show does is what I do every single day. I take the pitch. I tell them what I like, what I don't. I invest if I like it. And boom, boom, boom. So it was a natural for me. To, to, to be excited about being on the show. So, and then great luck, Mark Burnett with his, all of his skills was able to get ABC network to get the distribution. So it, from there, it took off like a, like a bat out of hell. It was fantastic. That's great. So on a show like shark tanks, you're competing with the other sharks for deals. Did you all get along or were, were what were, what were the relationship dynamics like with the other sharks? So, you know, it's funny because a lot of people always ask, you know, why, you know, Mr. Wonderful, right? Why, well, you know, right. I, I, I'd say, you know, Kevin O'Leary and I, and I, I kind of asked, I said, you know why he calls himself Mr. Wonderful? I said, because nobody else will. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, he, he, he loves to call himself that. Right. But yes. um, we, when we all got together, it, there was a, an amazing camaraderie and um, Barbara Corcoran was, you know, she was the, the, the only one that really would say, you know, 
I'm not real sure about that Kevin O'Leary. Okay, so right. you know, but um, and one you know one deal she took from Kevin and said, I don't want equity. I don't want anything. I'm just going to give you the money because I don't want you to be involved with Kevin O'Leary, which was. Wow kind of a crazy deal for her to do. But, you know, she, she actually did it on a loan basis with a small interest rate. But, um, you know, everyone had their own kind of persona. And Barbara was really cool and, and loved real estate and Damon, the hip hop guy. So I'm, you know, I just I recently, Robert Herchevik got married. He married the girl that he was on Dancing with the Stars with and um, Kim Johnson. And so, that was a big wedding I went to this this past summer in uh, Beverly Hills. And so and again, it was cool kind of reconnecting with all the sharks again. So but I, I, I still like Damon and I are on stage together. Robert and I did an event at AT&T. Barbara and I did an event at the Apartment Association. O'Leary and I did traffic and conversion together. So we and we all still work together, see each other, hang out. And, um, you know, it's it's a. Let's put it this way. It's an exclusive club, the, yes. you know, the, the number of sharks. I mean, even I, I like to say there's a couple of celebrities. Ashton Kutcher was a shark for a few guest appearances. There's, yeah. um, you know, John Paul DeGiorio. I, he and I did an event at the beauty show called Beauty Pitch, and we took pitches from the beauty industry. And so John Paul said to me, he said, Kevin, he said, I had no idea the kind of exposure Shark Tank had because he said all the segments I did have now run dozens of times on the CNBC channel. And he said, it's just unbelievable. So, so fortunately for, you know, from even my own kind of branding, so to speak, um, I did 175 segments. There's five segments to a one hour show. So I did 35 one hour shows and those continually run that two, two hours a night on CNBC. It's been a a real brand builder for CNBC yeah. to get into all these kind of business shows. So it's been a, it's been a great run, a lot of fun. And while wow, working with the sharks has been amazing. Absolutely. So here's a question that I'm sure a lot of people would ask you if they could, what do you think makes a great pitch? So a, a great pitch is, is first of all, there's a sequence. And I think the, if you don't, you have to follow a certain sequence. And uh, just last night, I got a phone call from somebody that I know, and I can't say who because of confidentiality reasons, right. but he said, hey, I'm going on Shark Tank. I'm going to read you my my pitch and tell me what you think. So um, he gave me his pitch, and, and, and it was a two-minute pitch. He didn't get into his product until about a minute and 30 seconds in, all right? And I said, dude, I said, that was a terrible, terrible pitch. You're never going to you, 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 you may never even air because not all the th people that get on Shark Tank actually air. So you have to, first of all, figure you got to tease and get the attention of all the sharks right off the bat. You got six to eight seconds to tease them and give them some kind of a problem. OK, so and I and, I, and why do I say six to eight seconds, maybe 10, 12. But the quicker you can show some kind of a problem, the better. And the tease is important because. Remember, people are in today's world, they're, they're, the attention span is short. There's so many other places people can be from TV viewers that are out there to the sharks. And so the bottom line is get their attention so they're listening, so they'll focus on you. Then give them a problem. Now solve that problem and show magical transformations. And that's what you want to show. Because this is a very visual TV show, so you, you're going to be demonstrating, 
showing magical transformation and very giving some powerful kind of presentation. And then the close. So this is I call it the tease. Then you please by showing benefits with magical transformations, demonstrations and maybe some great testimonials. And then you seize and the seize is create an irresistible offer with something that's very powerful. So tease, please, and then seize. That's the three steps. That is an awesome sequence. Let me ask you, I know you alluded to a mistake that your friend made when he gave you his pitch uh, last night. Let me ask, what are some mistakes that people tend to make when they do pitch a shark? So number one, they, uh, the, one of the biggest things that turns me off, someone comes on the show and says, well, I've got a pet product and the pet industry is an $80 billion industry. And if we only get, you know, 10%, that would be an $8 billion business. And, um, well, let's say that's even high and we only get 5%. We're still, we still have a $4 billion business opportunity. It's like that, that has, don't even waste my time talking about if we only get X percent. I want to hear what is your marketing plan and how are you positioning yourself to be able to go get 1% or one-tenth of 1%. Don't be talking like it's an automatic guarantee that you're going to be getting 5% or something, right? So it's all based on your product, the problem you solve, the solution you've got, and, and how you're going to market that solution to the masses, Okay, so so that's one mistake. Second mistake people make is they have their valuations are crazy. They're way overvalued. I I want a million dollars for 10 percent. The the third mistake they make is they don't have a good use of proceeds. I always want to know, Okay, um, the um, uh, what what happens here when um, the you know, when when I give you the money, you want a hundred grand, you want a million dollars. What are you going to use it on? Oh, well, I'm going to go buy furniture and I'm going to buy copy machines and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go buy a building or I'm going to buy some real estate. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's all I need. So, um, so, well, how about the marketing? What's, you know, if I, if you take all the money and use it all up for physical assets, what about marketing? Well, that's what you're going to do. The shark, you're going to help me market, aren't you? Well, yeah, but you got to have a budget for it. You need digital. You need this. You need that. You know, people just don't think things through a lot of times. So, right. you know, if, if you don't have a good plan um, and, you know, it's it's not going to work. Right. Absolutely. We are coming up against our second break. We're talking with Kevin Harrington and we are talking about Shark Tank. We talked about how he got on the show. We talked about what makes a great pitch. We talked about some of the mistakes that people make when they pitch someone. After the break, I'd like to ask him what are some big red flags that stops him from working with people. I'd like to ask him about due diligence because that's a huge part of this process. Just because a deal is struck on the show doesn't mean that all of those deals actually happen and not all of those deals even actually succeed. And I would love to hear about some of his favorite Shark Tank pitches. We will talk about all of this when we come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. We'll come right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? 
Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We are back. This is uh, Success Profiles Radio. I am your host, Brian K. Wright, and we are on with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank this week. And I'd like to ask you, Kevin, uh, what are some big red flags that stop you from working with people? Because a lot of people probably come out of the work wor- woodwork and say, hey, work with me. But obviously, there's a criteria that you now have that helps you filter that out. Well, I, I get nervous um, if people don't have um, a, a really good track record in the industry that they're that they're coming into me to talk about. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll see. Um, and just the other day, I had, you know, it was interesting. That he was very educated. He was a doctor, um, actually a chiropractor, and was pitching me, you know, on like a restaurant opportunity. So, you know, and so I, I like some. I like the background to be, you know. Um, to, to be right down the alley of, of the investment that they're looking for me to make. Right. So, um, so, so that's important. I think the, the other thing is um, too many times, and I've kind of alluded a little bit to this, but too many times um, the, I had one entrepreneur that, and I learned this the hard way I invested in this entrepreneur who I, 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 if you heard the term um, I bet on the jockey before Brian, yes. have you ever, Okay, so yes. O'Leary said that one time. I I, I like this deal. I'm going to bet on the jockey, and I'm like, you know what? I, that's those words. You may you, you may eat those words, O'Leary, and let me tell you why. Because my worst deal on Shark Tank was when I bet on the jockey. It, it was a woman that was very headstrong and had all the passion and like you know had a great pitch. And when I and put the money into the business, and again. I don't like to talk about any of the negative stuff, so I won't mention any names, but I put $500,000 into a project. And, and then um, the, the, this person what, just went off and did everything on their own, just had you know, ordered inventories and this and that, and didn't really have any controls and shame on me for maybe not assuming we should have put some in there. But this, this jockey ended up you know, not riding the horse properly. And, and what I say is, you know, you, you, you need more than a jockey. The, the horse, the, you, first of all, the jockey is one part. What about the horse? The horse has to be healthy. It's got to be strong. It's got to have a good doctor. It's got to have, you know, a good trainer, right? So um, I think that, that, that the people that have all these great ideas that are going to do it their way or the highway, you know, I, I think this is something I, I now kind of walk away from if I see this, because I need to be able to put my input in there and make sure that this isn't somebody that's going, oh, no, no, I don't need that. And I don't want to take this advice, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a kind of a mentality that I look for. And, and it's almost like in a partnership or, 
you know, you know, let's just put it in a relationship. You know, um, if you're getting married, you know, you want the kind of person that you can get along with and isn't just going to be bulldozing you all the time. If you know what I'm saying. Okay. So, you know, so I like, so I pick partners and people that I want to invest in that are people that I, you know, want to hang out at, you know, maybe Thanksgiving dinner at their home kind of thing. And then other people I end up with as partners because I'm on a board of directors or something that I'm like, you know what, I can do business with this person, but I don't have to be there for Thanksgiving dinner because I don't particularly care for that person. Right. Right, So, you know, but if I'm going to invest in that person, I want to particularly care for them. Right. So it's important to get the right mentality and and enthusiasm, but also willingness to learn and take advice from others. That's exactly right. And, And the person has to be coachable and willing to accept your advice. Yes, that's another good way to say, Brian. Absolutely. So let's talk about due diligence because I know that not every deal that you agree to actually ends up happening. What what can happen after the show that can cause you to change your mind about a particular pitch or a person? Oh, well, so one time uh, I, I, I said, how, how, what are your sales? Well, I grew the business to $700,000. So I'm like, okay, great. So now I did the deal and I'm, I asked for three years worth of tax returns. And the previous year uh, was 250000 The year before that, Two years ago was six fifty, and the year before that was about two fifty. So it went two fifty, six fifty, two fifty, and I'm like, "Where's the seven hundred? Okay, and I, and I understood the the sales to be, you know, for the last year, you know, you grew the business, you know, to seven hundred. Well, guess what? Um, they they had a Costco order in that second year that was highly unprofitable as it turned out. So it was an anomaly. And I said, so, so you don't really have a $700,000 business. You had one year that did have a little spike, but that was very unprofitable. You lost money. So you're never going back to Costco. So you really are a $250,000 a year company. Okay. There's 250 just temporarily up and then back down. So, I mean, did, you know, so, so now you got the metrics of her offer and her raise and her valuations were all based on 700 and she wasn't a $700,000 a year company. So there's a situation where it, it wasn't properly represented on the show. And so you get into due diligence, you find that out. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you another example. And so I, I ended up doing a deal, but a little bit modified on that situation. So that that either party can change the terms. And certainly I'm not investing in a company that was as represented to me on TV doing 700. It was only doing really the last year was 250,000. But now another guy came on. He said, hey, 27 percent of children are um, allergic to Play-Doh. Uh, because of the um, the gluten that's in Play-Doh, you know, Play-Doh being a, a, a patented uh, or a, a trademark product, right? A molding clay, right, for kids. And so we've invented a gluten-free molding clay, and we have applied for a patent, and we, you know, are launching this product, and this is going to be huge because everyone's going would rather have one that's gluten-free that will, you know, uh, you know, protect against any of these kind of gluten issues. So um, now they said they had a patent. O'Leary said, so you can stop anybody from coming out with anything similar. Oh, absolutely. Well, they had a provisional patent. It was never going to get issued because there was already gluten-free 
uh, molding clays in Walmart on the shelves at that particular moment that the person wasn't even aware of. So, you know, the bottom line is this, just because they say it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And, and so this gives the shark the opportunity to do the due diligence and confirm that what they've said is true and either back out of the deal or modify the deal in some fashion. Yeah. I would also imagine you would prefer to do a deal with a company on the up curve rather than someone who's trying to throw a lifeline out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do, do you find that a lot of people are basically looking for a lifeline? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I've had some people that they were so um, just hysterical after the show that like, oh, if we don't do this deal, we're never going to survive. This is so important to us. Um, you have to, you know, figure out a way to get this done, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I mean, too many people get into a desperation mode and it's, it's very, um, you know, it's just not very appealing to see that. Right. right. So, um, yeah. So without a doubt, it, you know, timing is everything. Like, you know, we talked about that one, 250, 650, 250. That's what I call a bell-shaped curve. Yes. Um, I, I like to get in as the bell is going to the top and keep it going, um, yes. not on the tail side of the curve on the downside, okay? Absolutely. We've got three minutes to our next break. Let me ask you, out of the thousands of pitches that you heard, do you have a favorite? Oh, my favorite pitch was the the City Kitty I don't know if you've ever seen that product. That or heard sounds about it. familiar. Tell us about that. Yeah. So this is a woman. She said, you know, this, this, she says there's, you know, 80 million cats, I think, give or take in, in the U.S. And um, if you own a cat, you have kitty litter. It's expensive. It's dirty. It's smelly. It's unhealthy. Um, what if I told you I had a product that would, you could do away with your kitty litter? You would save thousands of dollars and it'd be much healthier for you. Boom. Right. There you go. That's called the tease. You got a problem. And now let me show you the solution to that problem. Introducing City Kitty, a cat toilet training product. OK, so um, so so this is a, a product that teaches the cat to jump up on the toilet, mm-hmm. do its thing and get back down off the toilet. Right. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a molded tray system where you actually throw your litter box away. You put a little fresh litter in this tray that has these these um, rings that come out each week. And so but you're teaching the cat now you jump on the top of the toilet and then each week a ring comes out. Week one, one ring, week two, two rings, three, four. By week four, no rings are left and the cat's still jumping on top of the toilet. And this product did over $10 million in sales over over time, got into Walgreens on end caps, was a huge viral play, got into Good Morning America, the Today Show, um, The View with Whoopi Goldberg and Barbara Walters and, and all of that. I mean, just, you know, Wall Street Journal, Philadelphia Inquirer. It, this was an amazing pitch, an amazing product and something I never thought could do that kind of sales traction. Yeah. Isn't it amazing when you have something like that and it goes a lot better than you thought it would? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it almost kind of I thought it's sort of a spoof kind of an item. Yeah. I don't know. Do people really, you know, although if you ever watch the movie, Robert De Niro's Meet the Fockers. okay, Uh you know, they had a cat jump on the toilet. They actually used this product to teach it how to do that. Um, So, 
Um, I'm kind of like, you know, it's a little bit of a spoofy kind of a product, but, um, but spoof products love, they love to get them on, you know, and, um, the, um, you know, the night, you know, the, the, the nighttime talk shows, you know, from Jimmy Kimmel, uh, to, um, um, you know, uh, Seth Barley and all those kind of guys. So, um, uh, um, it's so crazy to see some of these, um, products that get this viral activity. So that's what I was looking for, but little did I know it was actually going to get retail distribution, you know, like, um, you know, Walgreens. So we, we took it to the Chicago houseware show and yeah. boom, Walgreens came along and they wanted it. So yeah, we had, it, 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 we had an amazing kind of distribution strategy for that and it worked and we got some great press for it and, um, and it, and it had a good run. That's awesome. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We will talk about infomercials with Kevin Harrington when we come back. This is Success for All Frows Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Kevin Harrington. He is most known for his appearances on Shark Tank. He also is the creator of the infomercial. So let's talk about that. This is has to be a multi-billion dollar industry by now. We've all seen infomercials advertising lots of different things. How did the concept come to you? How did you figure out that this might be a viable way of putting things out to the market? So I got to go back to the year it was back in the early 80s and, you know, 1984, I had just ordered cable television. And in 84, there was only 30 channels. You had, you know, you went from uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, now to 30 channels. So ESPN, 24 hours of sports, MTV, 24 hours of music, um, CNN, 24 hours of news. Then I get to Discovery Channel, which was channel 30, and it was the screen was dark and they had bars up then. And I'm like, I called the cable company and I said, what's, what's wrong? I said, I get, I love this 30 channel package, all this great programming, but what's happening to discovery channel. And they said, Oh, discovery is only an 18 hour a day network. And that's what we're delivering to you. We're the cable company. We deliver what we get delivered to us. So, um, so the light bulb went off in my mind right then and there, I've got to put something on that six hour block that can make money. And that's, that's what I started doing putting products. And so instead of running one minute spots, how do you fill six hours with one minute spots? I'm like, let me sell products that take, you know, a long pitch. I can sell 
$100 products, $300 products, $50 products. They don't have to just be these little, you know, uh, one minute spots that might just sell like a record package. In fact, we did a music package that had 150 songs, 28 DVDs, and it was an amazing 30 minute show where we entertained you. You got to play and hang out with all the different um, you know, stars and see movie clips and 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 clips of of the artists singing the songs, and it became the first ever music infomercial. So yeah. the infomercial, by definition, is a thirty minute long commercial. So I was the guy that said, "Let's fill the airwaves this six hour block on Discovery," and then we did it all around the world, and we did it on many other cable networks and TV networks also. So um, that was back in the early eighties, and. Um, you know, from there, it led to fitness with Tony Little and and juicers with Jack LaLanne and George Foreman and you name it, Billy Mays, many, many of the people that you, you see to this day. Absolutely. So you talked about pricing. Is there a sweet spot? Is that 100 to 300 dollar price point your sweet spot then? I'd say the average price point in an infomercial is is under 100, actually, mm. um, probably because you got to remember, we still sell a lot of things at 39 and 49. And then if you do have things at 149 and 299, you know, it averages out lower. So, yeah. uh, you know, we sell a new wave oven for 129, but we sell the Tony Little Ab Isolator for 29. So, mm-hmm. you know, you sell 7 million Ab Isolators and then you sell a million ovens, you know, your, your average price point between 30 and 129 is going to come in, you know, like 80 bucks. So, um, you know, I think, And it's also, at the end of the day, any more, you know, people are a little bit more, you know, stingy with their credit cards than they used to be. Um, Just it, it, most folks don't like, you know, we do multi-pay now, a lot of things, but, you know, they love to buy things in that, you know, $39 sweet spot, $59, 70, you know, $79 is two pays of of 39 bucks, okay? So anything, you know, that under $100 is kind of the sweet spot today. And I'd say our average price is is probably pushing about $80. Yeah. So whenever anyone says, but wait, there's more, we always think that we know that that came from the infomercial industry. Was that your brainchild too? The idea of the additional sell-on? You know, uh, let's put it this way. I, I've used it, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, I don't honestly remember who came up with that. So I don't want to be the one to sit here and, and take credit for that because I don't remember ever being the one that used it first. But, okay. I, you know, I, I do say that I'm the one that started doing infomercials first because, yes. you know, yes. there, up until the year that I did it, there was only spots, little short spots. So, um, you know, but, yeah, I think that um, um, but wait, there's more came up around the, the time that I was doing this. And it's it's a pretty famous line that's been used by many, many people. Nobody owns it. So, you know, um, probably there may be somebody that would would say that they were the first one, but I've I've never known anybody to actually take credit for that. Okay. I know that you've probably worked with a lot of businesses that you have helped put on television. So for for people out there who are running a business – that might be a little scared about doing something like this because they're thinking, how am I going to handle the explosive sudden growth? How does a business prepare for the explosive sudden growth that could come? Or does it come by surprise? Well, it come, in my world, it comes by surprise because you don't know that you're going to get a home run product or show. But the beauty of it is, is that 
you can turn a, an infomercial on or off like a faucet because you're, you you got to go buy media, right? So yes. after you test it, you test it with 10,000, it brings in 30,000. So now you got to fulfill those orders, but you don't have to put it back on the air until you have inventory. So, so now as you get inventory in, you start turning that faucet on again and start cranking up more media. So you can eventually get to 50,000 a week, 100,000 a week. And, you know, I, I've taken shows up to over a million dollars a week in media, generating between two and three million dollars a week in sales. So um, that's how it, it takes off. But you have the luxury to be able to do that only when you want to. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea of testing first on a smaller scale is actually a really, really great idea. And I, I'm sure that testing in certain markets probably works real well. Yes, we have um, we have about 15 markets that we like to test in. It's important. And we also test in different time slots. So we like to test in some big markets. So we want to get a New York and an L.A., we want to get like an Atlanta and a Dallas, a little Southern. We want to get a little Midwest. So we get a little St. Louis, a little Minneapolis. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we want to get a couple small markets. Um, maybe we'll get a, a Des Moines, Iowa or a, you know, a, a some, uh, you know, place up in, um, uh, the state of Washington, maybe a Portland or something, you know, so, um, and, and then we want to get a, a couple cable networks that do a cross section of the whole United States. So um, we have this test pattern that we use, and 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 we um, um, and and so we go out into the market. We use some of the same stations. We've got good history on them, and then we test day parts, evening parts, late night parts, etc., to get a good test across the board. That's absolutely fantastic. We've got about four minutes until the end of the show. What do you wish you knew before you started your business? Well, let's see. Uh, I guess. Um, I wish I knew that this industry was going to be around for 30 years, uh, because it, it, you know, we kind of worked almost week to week when we, when we were building the business, we didn't realize in the very beginning that you put something up and it works. So you, you just tested, you know, 10,000 in media and, and wow, it's working. So we're like, how long will this work? Well, um, so uh, you know, I don't know how long this is going to, you know, this is going to be uh, uh, around. So, um, you know, it, it, we found that 10,000 10, in media was 10 stations generally because they're about $1,000 a buy. So if it worked on 10, then we got it to 25 and it worked on 25. It was likely going to work on all thousand stations out there because there's a, yeah. a thousand plus broadcast stations. So, so we, we, we didn't realize that. And, and if you got a thousand stations and you're only running on, you know, a hundred of them a week, you can keep rotating them around until, and then different time parts and different day parts and this for years and years and years. So, I mean, proactive has been on the market for over 15 years. The, the total gym has been on the market for, I think, 18 years. I yeah. had no idea some of these things would become the big, big brands that they were. So we didn't invest into ownership of a lot of the equities in these brands up front um, well enough. So that's probably, you know, in looking at the industry in the hindsight and knowing that these things became huge brands, I would have wanted to own as many of the brands as possible. Uh, from Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got less than three minutes to the end, Kevin. So here's the question I ask everyone at the end. Who inspires and motivates you? 
Well, my father was my my inspiration for many, many years. And God bless. He he, he passed at the age of 93. But he was with me uh, through almost, you know, 98 percent of my my adult business life here now until just the last couple of years. And he's been was a guiding force for me. He was my first mentor, uh, a mentor for me my entire life. And he was, you know, my inspiration also because he was a true entrepreneur. That's awesome. So how can we get a hold of you, be a part of your tribe, learn more about you? What would you like to uh, tell our, well, our listeners to do? I really appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed our, our talk today. It's been Me too. full of energy and and, uh, and excitement here. So, um, you know, I have a website, kevinharrington.tv, and, and it's, it's spelled uh, Harrington is H-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N dot TV. And or if somebody wants to send an email, I actually do. And if they mention this uh, 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 group and podcast, Brian, that we've been uh, you, that you put out every uh, week here, I'd love for them to mention that. But it's Kevin at KevinHarrington.tv if they want to track me down. And in between my travels, I will respond to everybody that uh, that has a question, a comment, a, um, and, and, and you know, looking for if you're looking for an investment. I might be interested if you got a product, if you got a business, I'm always uh, a stone's throw away. In fact, you know, just like I said, somebody called me last night. Hey, we're taping on Shark Tank. What can you help me with? So I took the pitch, gave them some great advice. And um, and now I'm going to be uh, getting that uh, the repitch here again, because I, I want to make sure that they learn from 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 the, the comments that I gave them, which I'm sure they did. So that's coming up here later today for me. So anyway, good to talk to you, buddy. And uh, yes. for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kevin, for being on the show. And uh, boy, I'll, I'll tell you what, there is lots of value in this show. If you are considering asking a shark for money or getting an investment, listen back to this because there were so many valuable tips, do's and don'ts. And now we know how we can get a hold of Kevin. So we do thank you so much, Kevin, for being here. It was an honor and a privilege to have you today, my friend. Brian, it's been great, a real, a real privilege and honor. And thank you so much. Good luck, and and let me know. I want to just say to everybody, thanks for listening, and get back to me if you have any questions, help, or need any any direction. Take care. That's fantastic, and this has been Success Profiles Radio. We are on every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, and I interview the most successful world-class achievers in the world to learn what their secrets are and how they made it and what they learned along the way and how we can apply those lessons to our own lives and our own businesses. Please come back again next week. Thank you so much for listening and for joining in. Have yourselves a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.